to Trinity's daily Bible podcast, an opportunity to share scripture and hope together. Hello, this is Laird Edmund. I'd like to read to you from Revelations chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. I chose Revelations because, well, we're doing a series on Revelations in church, and I love the book of Revelations, seriously. Revelations 21.1 Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. When I was about 13 or 14 at Bible camp and, and, and with friends, we, we loved talking about the second coming. We loved talking about end times and prophecy. Uh, Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth, was huge at that time. It had been published in 1970, but by 1974, 75, there'd been a TV special about it that 17 million people had watched and everyone was talking about it. And in that book, if you're unfamiliar with it, and I suspect you are, uh, in that book, Hal Lindsey just sort of took all of these Bible prophecies that he interpreted as end times prophecies and did sort of one-to-one -one correspondences. Oh, the beast with 10 heads in Revelations, clearly that's the European common market, which at that time had 10 nations. Oh, the, uh, the, 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 um, the, woman, the, the woman on the beast, that's clearly the Pope. Gog and Magog, wow, we've got Russia and we've got China. And he was sort of saying, look, the signs of the times say, Christ is coming, and Christ will be here clearly within a year or two. He's, he's just, it's, it's happening now. And we were so excited. We knew Christ was coming. The end times was near. And someone at some point told me that astronomers had sighted an object bright and glowing, a perfect cube measuring about 1,400 miles per side that was hurtling towards earth at high speed. And we all knew, oh, it's the new Jerusalem that Revelations talks about in just a few verses past the verses I just read. And I believed it even though I really shouldn't have. That is, even then, I knew enough about astronomy to know that that was absurd. That was a ridiculous statement. It isn't possible for astronomers to see and measure some object hurtling towards Earth unless that object was actually very, very close to the Earth, at least not in 1975. But I wanted to believe it so badly I went ahead and did so against all reasonable judgment. And I also don't remember who told me this fantastic tale, nor did I check to see it, 
I just wanted to believe it. So I shared the story with others. I spoke about it in Bible studies and youth group. There was no source. This is called source attribution error, by the way. Was it all innocent enough? It was fueled by my zeal. Did it do any harm? Did Hal Lindsey's book do any harm? I think so. I think when Christians share things that they want to believe, but the things are ridiculous or absurd or just false, it does harm to the gospel. When I was getting ready to leave for college, I really had friends asking me why in the world I thought I should go to college since Christ would be returning certainly before I could ever graduate. And even if Christ wasn't back by the time I graduated, Christ would be back so soon that I could never use my college degree. I should be out there spreading the gospel. College is a waste of time. I'm serious about this. People also, when I was getting ready to get married and Sally and I were gonna head off to grad school, we had people ask us why in the world we thought we should go to grad school. It would be a waste of time. Clearly, Christ will be returning any minute now. We'd never finish those PhDs. Why do we do this? Now, at this point in time, in the midst of COVID, conspiracy theories are exploding out of social media crazy stories about the Illuminati or nefarious coordinated worldwide plots by Bill Gates and Big Farmy and Anthony Fauci or white supremacists or the military industrial complex or Hillary or Trump or Obama or the Pope or climate change that designed to create one world government and it's or COVID-19 is this pandemic and it's just ridiculous thing. Now, I'm not saying there aren't forces of evil out there. Absolutely. But they're far more subtle and insidious than the plot lines of a cheap paperback or the latest convoluted spy movie. No, I believe the evil one is focused on destroying the ministry of the church by seducing us with our fears and desires. There are spiritual and psychological reasons we tend towards conspiracy theories and end times stories. They make us feel special, kind of like mystery cults and Gnostics that Paul had to contend with in Ephesus. This is not new to the church, by the way. The church has been sort of struggling with issues like this from the beginning. And Christians for millennia have thought Christ is returning right now. In the year 1000 AD, there were huge apocalyptic groups selling everything and making ridiculous sort of claims and acting strangely because they knew Christ would come in the year 1000. In the year 1666, same thing happened all over again. When Hitler was rising in Europe, conservative Christians knew, here's the Antichrist. We believe in these kinds of stories because we want to. We want to feel like we are in the know. We want to be on the inside. We aren't going to be fooled by those elites. These kinds of things help us make sense of a complicated and chaotic world. We want to have some control. We want to be able to predict something, kind of like Job's friends, who desperately needed a reason for what's happening to Job, so they came up with stories, reasons. Because if their stories weren't true, then what happened to Job could happen to anybody. 
these theories and conspiracies and end times uh, stories play into our desire to somehow be someone and be special and a part of something big. But we are. It's something very different from the conspiracies and end times prophecies and stories. We are part of the greatest story ever. And our task in this time is to trust and obey and to love God and actually show love to our neighbor. And the story of the Good Samaritan makes it clear who exactly our neighbor is. Our neighbor whom we are to show love to are those people we most despise, those people who we think are the enemy, those people who we think are not like us. If you're a Democrat, it means showing love to Republicans and saying good things about President Trump. If you're a Republican, it means rejecting the terrible stories about Hillary Clinton or Obama going out there and praying for them and showing love to them. The Bible says, Behold, I make all things new. Do I not think Christ is returning soon? Oh, absolutely. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. I often tell my students who ask what I think. I say, look, I am positive Christ will return in my lifetime. Uh, give or take a twinkle. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope to see you next time right here on the Trinity Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.